everybody here with Mike Cernovich, a lawyer, filmmaker, and the best-selling author of Guerrilla Mindset, How to Control Your Thoughts and Emotions to Live Life on Your Terms, and MAGA Mindset, How to Make You in America Great Again. Also the producer of the film documentary Silenced, Our War on Free Speech. Follow, as just about everyone on the planet does, at least the bipeds. Uh, follow him on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash Cernovich. You can check out his blog at dangerandplay.com, periscope.tv slash Cernovich, and we'll put his other vital statistics uh, down below so uh mike one of the first people we wanted to talk to when we heard that comey comey is down comey is gone and as in, as ann coulter pointed out it's very brave of trump to fire comey without checking with a judge in hawaii so um you've talked a lot about uh, comey and uh, i think there's kind of a war within the fbi between the sort of globalists that came in under obama and the more traditionalists who want to continue to do you know quaint little things like follow the law What's your take on what's happened, why now, and what's coming? Comey definitely should have prosecuted Hillary Clinton, Uma, that IT guy, remember Stone Tear? Hillary's IT guy literally went on to Reddit. Literally, of course, is an overused term, but it was so mind-blowing that when that story broke, I didn't think it was a real story. I go, there's no way in the world Hillary Clinton's IT guy actually went on Reddit and asked for advice on how to ignore a subpoena Sure enough, that happened. And yet Comey testified before Congress, hey, there was no intent. We could have never proven intent on Hillary Clinton. Well, you can prove intent on her people. And why is it that that naval submariner was thrown into prison because he took a picture of something that wasn't even particularly sensitive and people could have found anyway? And he hadn't even shared it with anybody. It was just like a keepsake. So there are people in prison for mishandling classified information. A lot of people in the FBI thought that Hillary Clinton should have been prosecuted. They wanted more aggression on Clinton, on Anthony Weiner, and especially on Stone Tear. That's the kind of – that is the person and the detail that is getting lost in all of this. I can understand, and the FBI could too, why going after Hillary Clinton would be a challenge. She's going to have the best lawyers in the world. You're going to burn a lot of political capital. There's going to be a media witch. I, so I might not agree with that, but I can get that. But when a guy goes on Reddit and you have the smoking gun that he is obstructing justice, which is a felony, he is ignoring a subpoena, he is violating the terms of a subpoena, there's no defense for that. He is such a felon, it's utterly indefensible, and yet Comey told the FBI to give him a pass. That isn't something that sat well with agents in the Bureau. Right. And wasn't there uh, something where he gave uh, uh, aides the uh, immunity deals they could destroy their laptops? And the question is, of course, in return for what? What on earth would he be giving all of these immunities around for if there was no prosecution going forward? I thought the whole point was immunity was to help further and foster an actual prosecution. And if there's no criminal intent, then why do you need to give people immunity? Right. None of, none of it makes sense. As you know, I'm a lawyer, I've done federal criminal defense work. You give immunity to people so that you can work your way up the food chain. You're a smaller guy. Let's work your way up to the food chain and get to the top boss, the final boss. That's usually how it works. But instead, they go, oh, you can all have immunity. Great. We're not going to go after anybody. You don't have to give us anything of value. And you can destroy evidence. The whole point of immunity is to get evidence. The idea of immunity is I would come to you and say, all right, Stefan, you, you messed up this time. But if you give me your laptop, your phone, and tell me what happened then we won't prosecute you. And you say, sure, gladly. Okay. Well, you're not happy about it, but hey, that's life. 
Well, here they go, we're going to give you immunity. Now go destroy evidence. That violates all protocol and violates common sense, of course, too. And the view, of course, from inside the FBI. By, and this guy was not a cop, right? He was not an FBI agent ever. He's just bungeed in for political appointees. Uh, what was he? Um, uh, Obama in uh, September 2013. He was bungeed in by Obama. Not someone who came from fieldwork, not somebody who came from the prosecutorial side in the FBI or in law enforcement. And so the view from inside the FBI as to what this guy was doing, like I remember when he came on the big press conference, which, by the way, sorry, just interrupt myself for a second here. He put this press conference out. He had already arranged the press conference for two days after, two days after the weekend interview with Hillary Clinton. Now, how on earth are they supposed to digest and process hours and hours of testimony from a longstanding 18-month investigation where I think close to 100 FBI agents were involved? How are you supposed to digest and process all of this final interview stuff in two days, one of which is a weekend day? That made no sense at all. And he comes out and he says, well, you know, the law clearly basically says there's no such thing as the need for intent, but because we couldn't prove intent, we're not going to go forward with this uh, investigation or prosecu potential prosecution. And I've got to imagine, you know, like the toe-curling, eye-rolling, oh, Lord, what is going on, that must have been occurring for the actual rank-and-file FBI members must have been just extraordinary. Well, it's a blow on their credibility because any time – remember, in most cases, the only thing that's going to put you in prison is testimony of the officer. Vast majority of time, there's no smoking gun, there's investigation – Every agent who's trying to prosecute somebody now is going to be viewed more skeptically by a large swath of the country who watched Hillary Clinton get a free ride. And, of course, the Comey conference on Hillary Clinton was interesting because he said, well, there was no intent. You don't have to have intent to break the law. You have to have intent to commit the act. Whether or not you knew that act was a crime has nothing to do with anything. And that's the mistake is if I intend to go punch a guy in the face, even if I didn't know that that would be battery and that would be a crime, it doesn't matter if you have intent to break the law. Did I have the intent to throw the punch? Yes. Okay. Hillary Clinton had the intent to destroy classified information, to hide classified information, to send classified information to Uma, who then gave it to Anthony Weiner, who's a pedophile and is, has child pornography on his computer. And then, of course, Uma claimed that she and Weiner were getting divorced. And as I reported way back when, that was actually a hoax. They were never divorced. They never even separated. They were seen together in San Diego. There's a web of lies around these people. And everybody knows that everything that they do is dishonest. And there was no justification for Comey to give a pass to Hillary and certainly not to people like her IT guy who obstructed justice. So he, and here's the funny thing that's going on right now when you see this sort of twisty, turny, Mobius strip, non-integrity, spinelessness of the Democrats, because, of course, they loved Comey for a while. They liked him and then they didn't like him when he started investigating Hillary. Then they liked him when he wasn't going to prosecute. And then they disliked him when he sent that letter to Congress saying they're reopening the prosecution. And it was at that point, of course, when the seeds were sown of that story, that it was that letter that cost Hillary Clinton the presidency, which is not the case. Her numbers were tanking even before that. But uh, it didn't allow her perhaps to recover from her downward swing. But it was not, I think, directly what cost her the presidency. So, so he 
uh, he was disliked then. And a lot of the people who are now saying, oh, he should stay. He's got to continue his investigations. A lot of the people back then, I'm thinking of Bernie Sanders in particular and Chuck Schumer and all these people who now say, oh, you know, we got to keep this guy on. They were, had no confidence in the guy. They actually specifically said with no confidence in the guy. He should be gone, done and dusted. So they really disliked him until Trump got in. And then they needed him, I think, to continue this whole Russia collusion narrative, which is a way that they got to continue to harass the Trump administration and to create an excuse as to why their failed campaign and failed candidate uh, bit the dust so bad. Exactly. And now he's a martyr again. It's amazing. It's amazing. To, you can watch the dishonesty of the media in real time. First, he's a terrible guy. Chuck Schumer, for example, claimed that he could not be allowed to stay in the FBI. So Trump is actually at the White House. They're handing out that quote from Schumer where he said, that Comey should remain the director. And now suddenly, oh, this is a constitutional crisis. Wait a minute. We went from Comey should be removed, he's not qualified. Well, he is removed. Well, now that Trump removed him, it's a constitutional crisis. It shows you how utterly duplicitous these people are. Right. Now, James Clapper confirmed just on Monday there was no evidence of collusion between Russia and Trump. And I wonder, Mike, if that freed the administration to make some of this decision. Because, of course, if there was all of this stuff swirling around, as there had been, it feels like I'm stuck in this broken record time warp of Groundhog Day. It's like, Russia, collusion, Flynn, Russia, collusion, Flynn. And when Clapper confirmed that there was no evidence of collusion, and, and Trump mentions this, and so we'll get into the letter in a second, I wonder if that freed them to, to make more of a move on Comey now. It did. It definitely did. But I think that they're starting to see the media is going to lie anyway. So who cares? The narrative, regardless of what is said, is going to be Russia, special prosecutor. We need a special prosecutor, Russia, collusion. Um, I've been accused of being an agent. Jack Posobiec has. Just everybody now is being Russian bots. Oh, my God. If a hashtag trends now, it's because of Russian bots. I read an article today in one of Canada's leading newspapers, which they never interviewed me for, by the way, about Ezra Levant of Rebel. And I tweeted out April 13th, met with Ezra, haven't been this impressed with anybody in a long time. Wow, this guy, big things coming. And they, they talked about as if this was some ominous tweet instead of me just saying, yeah, no, the article is hilarious. I'll send it to you later. They, they talked about this spooky tweet that I sent when really it's just, no, I met a guy. We had coffee at a coffee bean. I was impressed with him. I think he's going to do great things. The end. And then they try to tie that into a conspiracy about the Macron links. Well, I met with Ezra and then Jack is at Rebel and then the Macron links happens. Russia, 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 <laughs> Rebel Media, Cernovich, Web of Lies. It, it, it really does, not to make light of mental illness because I've known people with it, it does remind you, though, of the schizophrenic in the movie with uh, the thumbnails, right? Or the thumb A beautiful cat. mind, yeah. They always have this, this scene where you think the guy is just maybe a little crazy and he leads you into his garage. Or like the, the girl who goes on a date with the guy and he seems to know a lot about her and he seems very attentive, right? Then you go back to his garage and there's like pictures of her when she was a baby and all of these lines and, and big heavy markers and, and thumbtacks and threads and it just goes on and on and on. That, that to me, I think is where the media's brain is these days. And I got to think, Mike, I mean, tell me what you think. If I, well, let me just go into an alternate universe that is really creepy for me, but if I was a Democrat and if Comey has been protecting the Dems as much as I think he has and as much as a lot of other people think he has, with this guy out of the way, 
ooh, I don't know, we're going to get Napolitano, we're going to get Clark, it could be a variety of other people coming in. Those guys are going to take the law and apply the law. If I was a Democrat, I'd be freaking out just a lot right now. Yeah, Susan Rice is freaking out. All the Hillary's people are freaking out. Uma is. Wiener's freaking out again. Because now it's on, right? Because remember, Susan Rice, she spied on essentially all of America illegally, criminally. And she goes, I didn't do it. And then the media gave her a pass. And then she got caught doing it. And then the media goes, oh, well, well, that was fine. That was normal and routine. Then she said she was going to testify in the Senate hearing. And then her lawyer last week sent a letter saying, no, I'm actually not going to testify before the Senate. She's <laughs> shaken up right now. Right. Right. So let's have a look at the letter itself. Now, one of the things, there's two sort of two things where I view the partisanship of this issue and just doing some research before we chatted, Mike. The first is what picture of Comey do they use? Because, you know, he's like from central casting cop guy, like flat footed. You know, he's got that square jaw and, you know, all that stuff. So if they use one of the noble pictures of Comey, you know, it's kind of bogus. But the second thing is, do they quote the first paragraph of what the letter Trump sent? to Comey, right? So the letter goes, Dear Director Comey, I've received the attached letters from the Attorney General and Deputy Attorney General of the United States recommending your dismissal as the Director of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. I have accepted their recommendation and you are hereby terminated and removed from office effective immediately. So that's the first thing, because they say Trump fired him. It's like, well, no, he's Attorney General and Deputy Attorney General recommending your dismissal. That seems like kind of a vote of non-confidence right there. And a lot of places, uh, a lot of mainstream media outlets, fake news, they're not quoting that paragraph. What they start with is, while I greatly appreciate you informing me on three separate occasions that I am not under investigation, I nevertheless concur with the judgment of the Department of Justice that you are not able to effectively lead the Bureau. It is essential that we find new leadership for the FBI that restores public trust and confidence in its vital law enforcement mission. That is a damning damning statement saying that he's undermined if not downright destroyed the credibility there's stuff in the letter saying i don't know if the fbi ever is going to re is going to um regain its credibility in these matters and in this issue i mean in the attached letters i don't know if you've gone through them all but man it is a i did not realize just how much frustration there was in law enforcement with uh, with comey and how many people particularly his handling of the clinton matter said it's exactly what rookie FBI agents are taught not to do. Yeah, and I read also, too, in Attorney General Jeff Sessions' letter, they were upset that Comey, and you can't do this. You can't just tell the Department of Justice you can't do this case, right? So it was a weird kind of turf war territory. It would be like me saying, you know, Stefan, you can't talk about this subject anymore. I'm just going to talk about it, right? That is how much sense it made for the director of the FBI to tell the Department of Justice, no, actually the, the investigation's closed because I said so. The, you can't do that. And that is, a, that is kind of the air, an error that only a complete and total FBI rookie would have made. It, it doesn't, you can't bypass the chain of command and make these decisions. So that's another reason that Sessions was upset. There are some other things too going on behind the scenes that I can't really I can't really talk about, but there has been some more withholding of classified or mishandling classified information going on um, amongst McMaster. And that was given to Comey and Comey has chosen to not do anything with it. So there's more going on underneath the surface, too. Comey is just a bad guy. I even tweeted out the other day, Comey is the greatest threat to national security currently in America. And that's true. Not true anymore, thankfully. Well, of course, the precedent remains, 
under the Clinton investigation that can be used to shield a lot of people who may be doing bad things with uh, classified information. And that, I think, is a, a big problem uh, as well. Now, there's also the idea that, you know, you can now look at Lois Lerner again. You can look at Wiener, as you talked about, Uma Aberdeen, Lynch, Rice, Holder. I don't know. How far up could this go? Could you go right. to Clinton? Do you even go to Obama? What's going to happen with the Clinton Foundation investigations? Where are they uh, sitting? I mean, I think there are a lot of people in the FBI who really, really want to find a way to apply the law, who are pretty outraged at what a lot of people have been getting away with. And if this impediment is removed, it's going to be really fascinating to see what is going to go on from here? Yeah, there again, the irony would be the so I, so I guess I can tell you guys this. So that was why I was looking down on my computer. Is so Comey has been withholding documents on HR McMaster's illegal contact and sharing classified information with Petraeus. So a lot of stuff that I've been working on story wise about the war, this all connects now. So now I have to connect the dots in a more tighter way than the fake news media does. So they're going to say, oh, no, here's Cernovich with a bulletin board with the thumbtacks and everything. But so as I've been reporting, McMaster wants a war somewhere. Syria, he wanted to, he wanted to send people to Venezuela, and now it's looking like it's going to be Afghanistan. Well, that's largely because of the orchestration of General Petraeus. Petraeus, as you'll remember, was the former CIA director who, surprise, surprise, was prosecutor for misholding class or with mishandling classified information with his mistress. So Petraeus had had problems with self-control and everything, and his mistress obtained classified information. Petraeus doesn't have security clearance. McMaster has been arranging nightly calls through the White House Communications Department with Petraeus. We can't do that because Petraeus isn't cleared. So Petraeus is being let in on all these plans before anybody else is. Well, that is actually a breach of national security because Petraeus isn't cleared for this kind of information. Comey has known that and has refused to act upon that. So that's another reason that I alluded to a minute ago. I just had to see if I had permission, if I could release it yet. Because you got to be careful how you release your stories and then people can kind of triangulate. So I like to space it out. So that is another thing going on behind the surface. Right. I got to tell you, Mike, I think that people, not just in America, but I think throughout the West, are pretty sick and tired of this weird legal system that's like an inverse fishing net, you know, like all the big fish get away, but it catches all the tiny fish. I don't think it's possible to overestimate just how hungry people are for an honest, impartial, no one is above the law investigation of a lot of the wrongdoings that have been going on uh, over the past half decade or a decade in American public life. And I just want to just put this out there. It's not even a question, but I do want to get your comments on it. That, you know, to the Trump administration, do have us coming in as the attorney general. Public trust in law, in, in law enforcement is catastrophically low. I mean, certainly for some people, we got the Ferguson effect and, and all of the effect of the mainstream media race baiting and, and policing in poor neighborhoods. But there is this sense that if you really, like if you commit small crimes and you're powerless, you're toast, you're ground up like hamburger. If you commit huge crimes and you're powerful, well, you get giant speaking fees and pensions and the media and the law system will cover up for you. And sometimes we'll even attack anyone who dares point out the blindingly obvious of illegality. People are incredibly hungry to have a system in a country that they can love and respect again. And this could be a pivotal moment in draining the swamp and bringing back some genuine 
fairly objective or even vaguely objective law and order to the American landscape? Yeah, the irony would be that everybody thought that some investigation would turn out wrongdoing on Trump, which they have nothing. After six months, they have nothing. The irony is that this investigation and foreign interference in the election will more likely show that Saudi Arabia played a major role through influencing people like Huma and Wiener and Petraeus and Clinton and other people. So there has been foreign influence in the election, primarily coming from Saudi Arabia. And the people know it. The people are catching on. People are burned out by the Russian narrative, other than the most completely deranged people. Everybody is like, okay, do you remember that Wendy's commercial when you were younger, like, where's the beef? <laughs> oh, they yeah. would show a little hamburger, right? They would show a burger and a tiny little strip. Where's the beef? Where's the beef? Where's the evidence? If this collusion but with Russia is so massive and widespread, then surely there's a smoking gun. There isn't. So people are losing respect for the intelligence community, right? People are losing respect for the FBI because now they view the intelligence community as nothing but Democrat puppets. I bet you people don't even trust them to stop terrorism now, right? Can't even trust them to stop terrorism because all they want to do is play politics. And with the right appointment, you could definitely restore trust in the FBI. And I think that has to be the goal of the administration. When the public loses trust or loses respect for law enforcement, the country falls apart. I mean, this is it's a very tenuous link. You know, you know, as well as I do. And we talked about this uh, in a previous show. It's a very, very thin line between civilization and barbarity. And one of the lines is an acceptance to obey rules because you believe that there's some moral content to them, that there's some fairness, some objectivity, some relationship between ethics and the law. But if the law is viewed as something which shields and enriches the rich and destroys and eviscerates the poor, then the poor will no longer obey the law. If there's a decent chance, they can get away with it because it's no longer something moral. You know, it's like if your mom says don't have any cookies, but you don't know anything about tooth decay, diabetes and becoming obese, you'll be like, OK, well, as soon as mom's not around, as soon as she's not, around, I'm just going to go have some cookies because you haven't internalized anything. It's just a, a rule that you don't respect. And when you're going to find any way to get around it or go around it. And if a country devolves into that kind of mindset, law enforcement becomes impossible because it's like whack-a-mole where you're vastly outnumbered by the moles. Well, you have to have moral authority. That's the whole point. If you don't have moral authority, then you lose the power to control behavior without having to bring down the hammer. So a great example of that is it used to be that a media, the media had moral authority. And if they wrote bad things about you, they could make you conform to their behavior. They abused that power. They lost moral authority. So now nobody actually cares. Oh, you wrote a hit piece on me. Who cares? Most of what we do in, in a social society is based on norms, mores, social constructs, beliefs that we all kind of collectively agree to. Sapiens, of course, covers that in detail very well. I don't know if you've ever had the author of Sapiens on, but if not, that'd be a fascinating conversation. And legitimacy and law and order is essentially a social construct, especially because outside of, say, rape, murder, there are a few categories of crime that we all agree are wrong. I think you call them malum and say, we know they're wrong for their own sake. And then there's malum prohibitum laws, which are laws that are kind of, they're bad because we've collectively agreed that we're bad. So we all agree, for example, that rape, murder, child molestation, you don't have to tell anybody there's a law in the books not to do that. But there are other laws like co cooperating with the federal investigator. 
right? Well, there's, there's not an inherent case which says that I have to cooperate with the federal investigator. If they subpoena me, that I have to talk to them. There's, no, there's nothing inherent that says I have to snitch, right? So the only time you want to cooperate is if you believe, hey, these are the good guys. They have moral authority. I want to talk to them. I want to help them. I want to facilitate the investigation. Now, if you believe, as I do, I wouldn't talk to the feds about anything, rather whether, whether it was I witnessed a crime or whatever, not without a lawyer, because maybe they'll frame me. And that's my view is they're so corrupt now that maybe they'll just frame you to close the case anymore. Well, that's very dangerous when more and more people start to think like this, because what happens then is you won't cooperate with law enforcement. And then if you don't cooperate with law enforcement, organized crime and other sort of paramilitary organizations are going to come to the void. And not to you know go too much on a digression, but the reason now that there are these kind of quasi-right-wing protection squads is because in Berkeley and in other liberal towns, the police have refused to defend the people. So the police no longer have moral authority. Now the police, now the people believe they have to act as their own police. But then what happens is you now get a bunch of factions where other people think, well, my faction has to have its own police force and their faction has to. That's going to lead to balkanization. And this is a big issue a lot of people aren't missing. And that is how you actually get to ethnic cleansing and other issues. Because you get to the point now where we can't all agree the FBI is good. We might disagree with some investigations and we might not believe every agent is moral. But if we say, hey, man, I think the intelligence community actually wants terrorism to happen because they're evil people and I don't trust the FBI, that destroys the legitimacy of the government. And once you lose legitimacy, they are outnumbered. Right. No, and I think this is something that is is well worth people mulling over that the rescuing of moral legitimacy is essential to the continuance of this civilization that we spent you know a couple of thousand years and millions of lives trying trying to build so let's talk about what might happen next so i know that in the ideal scenario somebody gets in who's really committed to the rule of law who's unafraid uh, of the left who's unafraid of the media who's going to sort of circle and, and protect their political pets. Uh, and, and this whole process of reforming the corruption within the nation is really important. When people see illegal aliens, you know, coming into a country and then, you know, getting welfare and getting health care and getting free education for their kids and so on, people say, okay, well, those laws don't matter. If there are laws, there are laws on the books, but nobody cares. Nobody cares. Why? Because they're going to end up voting Democrats. So the Democrats, they don't care. When people see uh, Congress passing Obamacare, boom, immediately exempting themselves and their friends from it, they say, oh, okay, so the law is just imposed on little people. And if you're big and great, you can just pass your own exemptions and hand them out to your friends. If we get, or if America gets someone in the head of the FBI who's going to really start pursuing this stuff, man alive, there is going to be a culture war that is going to be the rhetorical equivalent of the civil war, I think, in the United States, because the escalation that is going to happen uh, when the light starts getting turned on in these dark places is going to be just extraordinary. I think people better batten down their hatches and get ready for something like that. Yeah, I, I mean, you said it all. It really is. I mean, if you think about it, people, you know, people, you're, you know, a lot of your listeners are philosophers, so they think about it. But when you walk around, you realize the holes us together are largely invisible, implicit agreements that we've all made. Hey, I'm not going to take your property. Hey, I'm not going to do this. Hey, I'm not going to do that. And what holds that together is the rule of law. And 
it is the sense that we are a nation of laws, not of men. And because of that, if, for example, you came and you stole something from my house, I'm not going to grab my machete and come to you and hack at you, right? That's a good thing. When we can't trust the government to do this anymore and to enforce the laws, then we take the laws into our own hands, and that, of course, makes civil society impossible. Nice. Well, Mike, we're going to keep this short just because we want to get the information out there. I really want to thank you for taking the time. Please remind everyone. I want to remind everyone. Go to twitter.com slash Cernovich. Check out dangerandplay.com. And, of course, check out Guerrilla Mindset and the excellent documentary Silenced. And um, we'll put all the links to everything below. You can check out the books through that. Uh, thanks a lot, Mike. Always a great pleasure to chat. I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Thank you. Talk to you soon.